Hey there, CEOs. It's Brandy, and I have just a quick note for newer listeners. This show used to be called the She Who Dares podcast, but on May 5th, 2022, we changed the name to the Wedding Pro CEO podcast to better reflect my mission, to help wedding industry entrepreneurs scale a profitable business they love. The content is the same, just a more descriptive title. Enjoy the show. Hey there, podcast friends. Welcome back to another episode of the She Who Dares podcast. Today is a special episode because we are doing an open one-on-one coaching call. And you guys, this is completely live. Like I had some of the questions in advance, but I told Caitlin and Brittany, you know, just like let it roll. Ask the questions that you need to to get the answers to move your business forward. So I'm super excited for you to get to sit in on this call and get to hear how Caitlin and Brittany have really really grown their business since the last time I did a coaching call with them almost a year ago. Um, We did one privately like normal and um, they had sent me a few questions a couple weeks ago and I said, hey, would you guys be interested on doing a live coaching call right on my podcast? So it's completely live. It's unscripted. We just went for it. And so these are my favorite kind of episodes when I listen to podcasts that I love to listen to. And so I'm super excited to bring this one to you. You guys, if you love this kind of episode, let me know because I personally would love to do more of them, but only if it's helping you, our listeners, to grow and scale your business. So if you love these kind of open one-on-one coaching call style podcast, let me know because maybe we can add more than just once a year into the mix. I'd love to add one in maybe once a quarter. So let me know. Pop into my DMs over on Instagram. I'm at Brandy Gar over on Instagram. And you know I love DMs, so come over and tell me that you love it. And hey, be sure to share this episode and tag myself and Olive Street Events. You guys, sit back, relax, and listen to this episode with Caitlin and Brittany from Olive Street Events. Well, hello, everybody. I am so excited for today's episode because we've only ever done this on the show once before, you guys. So only one other time have we done a live coaching call. And I really knew that I wanted to do it again, but wasn't sure when, you know, I wasn't sure how we were going to promote it this time. And I got an email from Caitlin and Brittany and they said, Hey, do you have any kind of a team building show coming up. You know, we have a lot of questions. We're getting ready to build our team. And I said, well, send me the questions that you have. I actually do have some team episodes coming up. And they sent me their questions. And I was like, okay, I want to do this live on the podcast. So I'm so excited that they said yes to coming on. And you guys, this is not rehearsed at all. Like I do have a list of questions that we may kind of hit. (laughs) But we are super, super live right now. So I'm super excited to welcome Brittany and Caitlin to the show from Olive Street Events. Welcome to the show, ladies. Oh, thank you so much for having us. We're very excited. Yeah, (laughs) very excited to be here. Yeah, it's going to be so fun. And um, before we kind of get into some of the questions you guys have about your growth, which is incredible, I'm, I'm I cannot wait to see you guys take this to the next level. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about Olive Street events, kind of how you got started, you know, where, where your business exists, all that kind of stuff? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Caitlin. I'm speaking, my partner, Brittany. So we met, I think it was 2015. I actually hired Brittany, which was kind of funny, but we clicked immediately. And even though like 
in our old dynamic, she worked for me. It was definitely always a partnership from the beginning. So we worked for a private club. So uh, we ran all of the events in-house and outside. So we did the catering. Um, I was the food and beverage director at the time, and Brittany was the private events coordinator. And then she ended up managing the front of house. So during that time, you know, we had kind of both started to think about what our long-term goals were. And we knew that private clubs really weren't going to be it for us. And I had come to my own conclusion that I wanted to start this private event company, but I didn't want to do it solo. I really wanted a partner and there was just nobody else that was, you know, we were in sync all the time. So I called her in and I talked to her about it. And from that, that was in 2019. And from then on, it's just been kind of full steam ahead. So we were both working our full-time jobs uh, doing that and building up the company. And obviously COVID happened. So that was kind of a double-edged sword for us. Um, But you know, over the last few years, we've really grown a lot. And, you know, we have so many weddings booked for this year. And we've been so focused on growth and sales. And now we're trying to figure out how to uh, make it work without pulling our hair out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can definitely understand that sentiment. So you started in 2019 before the pandemic hit, right? Yes. So we had made the decision. We went out and um, somebody that I knew, a friend of a friend was getting married. So we approached them and said, hey, you know, we want to work out our process. We want to have those photos. Can we do your wedding for free? Um, And they were on board and it was a really fun experience. They were supposed to get married in March of 2020. And I mean, literally the week that everything shut down. So... Yeah. So we ended up getting them hitched in uh, October and it was a smaller event than they were anticipating. And it was outside instead of inside, but you know, we made it work. And so from there, we just have been able to continue to grow and book more events. And we are based out of Philadelphia. I realized I did not say that. (laughs) No, that's great. That's great. So yeah, you definitely you know, have a different season than I do here in Orlando (laughs) Mm -hmm. and different COVID restrictions that you were dealing with. So all of that makes it a lot more complicated, but okay. So, and then how did you guys come up with the name of your company? (laughs) That's kind of funny. We, you know, we wanted something that wasn't going to be super wedding-y, if that makes sense. We wanted, we knew that eventually we were going to take on corporate events. Um, We wanted to be able to have that flexibility. So we didn't want anything that was too pigeonholed or we couldn't really name it after, you know, a lot of people name it after themselves that we're a partnership. So we kind of, we went through a million different names and, and landed on Olive Street. We felt like it really kind of hit the vibe we were, we were trying to, you know, trying to get. Yeah. I love that. It's always so interesting to ask people how they came up with their name, but even more so with a partnership, because it's like, well, (laughs) two people have to agree on a name, which I can only imagine how difficult that would be. So I, I always like to ask that question. So, okay. So in full transparency, we have done one, one on coaching, one on one coaching call before. So the three of us did a call. When was it last in 2021? April, I think. Yeah. April of 2021. Yeah. Okay. And at that time you guys were both still working full time, right? Mm-hmm. 
And we were kind of just trying to, you guys were really trying to figure out how do we separate our roles and, you know, how do we really work most efficiently as a partnership, correct? And so how has your business changed a little bit just since last April? Well, I think one of the things that we talked about a lot in that coaching call was starting to define our roles. And so when we were getting everything started and off the ground, it was really important to us that we did everything together because we wanted to, A, work out our processes and kind of talk things through about what was working and not working. And we wanted to create a consistent experience from, you know, it's one company, even though there's, there's two of us running it. So that was, so one of the big things you told us, and we had to listen to, to, in order to kind of get where we are, is we needed to start dividing and conquering. So um, while we do still do all of our design work together, we've gotten a lot better about each of us assigning different roles to one another and kind of leaning into our strengths and then, um, you know, kind of figuring out when to do things together and when to do things separately. So that has really enabled us to, to get to where we are now, but it was a, it was a tough thing to do. I'll tell you, because, you know, we started this because we do like to work together. We like to do all of these things together. So yeah, it was, uh, but we did it and, and it's helped a lot. (laughs) Yeah, no. I mean, you know, I don't have a partnership, but I sort of do because my husband is my business partner. And I re- I remember when he first started working with me, it was almost six years into our business before he really had any part in our business. And I think the hardest thing for us was dividing those roles. And so now I look back and I'm like, gosh, when we finally did that, I feel like that was when we really got clarity, not just for us, but especially for our team. And so now that you guys are in this phase of getting ready to start onboarding team members, I'm so glad that you went through that practice because it's confusing for your team to know who to go to, you know, who mm-hmm. who gets to make a decision on what. And while you want to do a lot of that together behind the scenes, you don't want to confuse your team with like, okay, but do I need to get both of you to say yes or just one of you, you know? So I'm glad that you guys did that work. So how are your roles different? Like do one of you, for anybody that's listening that might have a partnership that's like, wow, okay, wait. So how do you split your roles? Do you have some definition that you could share with our listeners? Yeah. I mean, so it took us a little while. I mean, there was an apparent kind of set of skills that Kate and I both brought to the partnership straight off the bat, which is why I think we both agreed you know, without hesitation that we would be a good partnership. I definitely am more um, on the kind of creative side. I really thrive in that kind of scene. So I I concentrate a lot on, you know, the design of not only, um, you know, the our company items. So, you know, our social media, our um, website, things like that, you know, designing proposals. And then I really, we do collaborate together on the design work, but um, you know, I feel like my strengths are really kind of in, in that side of the business. Um, whereas Kate would probably not want me very close to any of our numbers. (laughs) Um, and for good reason. So she definitely, uh, you know, kind of, kind of keeps control of that side of things and really, you know, does all the things that my brain really just can't compute, um, day to day. So, um, but you know, and then we, we separate our workload, um, client by client. So, you know, not only do we take the big 
pieces of our business um, and kind of run them a little separately. We, you know, we each have our own client load um, and obviously collaborate together on, you know, some of our big full service ones. And like Kate mentioned earlier, design. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's kind of how, you know, leaving that last coaching call with you, we structured it and found that it was really kind of working best for us so that, you know, we're not stepping on each other's toes, doing the work twice, confusing our clients. You know, that was always a big one. We just really wanted to make sure we were super clear and, um, you know, so that, that when, when they come to us, they know they're coming to their one person. Um, yeah. And, you know, there's no confusion there. Yeah. I think that's re- I, honestly, it's so helpful. Even when we team plan an event, our clients have one lead person that they're going to, right? So that yep. that mm-hmm. person can, you know, kind of funnel all the information and the clients aren't like, okay, wait, who do I need to talk to today? And so I'm so glad that you guys did that. And now, okay. So one of you is now full-time in the business, right? Yeah, that's me. It's Kate. Um, so my role, so during this, you know, during the pandemic, Brittany had 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 actually left the club and she went to do graphic design for another company. So, her role was definitely more of an, when she left, more of a nine to five. Um, she can kind of leave it at work for the most part. Okay. Whereas I was managing a team, I had events, my schedule was going to vary. And so I had actually given my notice right after the new year. And I left there at the end of January. So um, I'm focusing now full time on the business. And you know, I'm able to start working on some of the things that we've really deferred because we just didn't have the time. Um, and so a lot of that networking and, and processes trying to get organized. And I think I certainly expected it to be like, okay, well now I can focus on this one thing and (laughs) I'm going to have it totally under control. And I still find that like now it's, you know, a month plus later, six weeks later, and I'm still digging out really from, the fall because we were doing so many events plus our full-time jobs. And so, you know, I feel a little bit behind the eight ball, but I guess this is, you know, entrepreneurship, right? (laughs) It really is. And so you guys were recording this in March of 2022. So Kate's saying that she left in January, right? That's when, Mm -hmm. and so, Really, it's not been that long at all. And so <laughs> I always find it super interesting, right? Because we think, oh my gosh, well, I'm going to get back 40 plus hours every week to just focus on the business. And you are. I mean, that's amazing, right? But you have so much of a deficit to dig out of that, it, you know, it takes a little bit. It takes a little bit to be like, okay, wait, now I'm above the waves. And so Either way, though, it's so exciting that you can now fully focus, like your brain can focus on your mm-hmm. business. And um, and so that's just honestly, that's a huge, huge accomplishment. So I'm so excited for you guys. And I know that you're working towards having you both eventually full time. So I'm just super excited that you guys have taken that first really big step. And so now you're in this position where you're ready to start considering bringing on a team. So what has made you guys feel like, okay, we're ready to do this? Well, so we have had to call on some friends um, over the last year just to give us hands on the event days. Um, And we are very lucky having this experience and working in hospitality. We do have some really talented and wonderful friends that we can call on. 
Um, but it, it was few and far between because, you know, we were very conscious of not biting off more than we could chew, although it got really sticky there in the fourth quarter, I will say. We barely <laughs> made it through. Um, but for the most part, like we knew that we couldn't double, double book ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like we had to kind of both be on each wedding in order to, you know, kind of make it work for us. Mm-hmm. Now, booking into 2022, I mean, we have 41 weddings booked and a few of those are double bookings in which, you know, we have to divide and conquer literally on the wedding days, which Mm -hmm. will be new for us. Um, And so we have, we've identified three people that can give us hands and are very excited and very willing to work with us. Um, They all have day jobs. So they're looking for just some additional hours kind of on the wedding days with us. Um, And we can obviously dig into that. But, you know, just trying to figure out a, it's part of our business model to always have a minimum of two planners there on the day. Mm -hmm. Um, So if if the other one has to go work a different wedding, we we need hands. So that's kind of the looking at our year, that's been the impetus to figure out how we can do that. And then the other piece of that is, as I had mentioned, we already had so many weddings booked and we really, even our event management clients, we really want to give them the experience they deserve. So we thought maybe two of the three uh, people that we were thinking about bringing on could be leads for their own event management clients. Yeah. And whether or not we're the assistants that just come in and help on the day. I mean, you know how much work goes into the lead up to a wedding. Yeah. There's only so many hours in a week. So just figuring that out is kind of what brought this on. Yeah. yeah. And I think a big piece, we we kind of took a look and, you know, I think we were getting, you know, inquiries still, you know, all throughout 22 and into 23 for some of the like lower level, like event, what we refer to as event management clients. And, you know, we found in our first year, we were just gobbling up anything we could get, right? Sure. So event management. Yeah, absolutely. We'll take it. Let's do it all. And then, you know, we step back and look at our calendar year and we're like, you know, we're getting inquiries, you know, after we've already booked some of these dates for, for bigger clients. And now we're like, oh gosh, okay. So let's try to be strategic in the coming months and years. Like we don't want to take any of these, you know, quote unquote, smaller guys, you know, we don't want to like eat up our calendar space. So we were trying to kind of hold off and you know, and then we found we're like, well, is this just, are we just letting, letting business go? So, you know, that kind of got our, the wheels turning and it's like, well, if we can commit to having somebody else on our team that could take these smaller event management ones, let's get them in there, let's get them booked. And then that still leaves us to focus on those full service clients that, and that space that Kate and I really want to like kind of be in all the time um, going, you know, looking ahead in the future. Um, so we just, we knew that we had to, we had to, kind of change something and make make it so that we weren't turning away business, um, you know, because that just didn't feel right either. We're still a young, growing company. And mm-hmm. it felt weird for us to be saying like, nah, sorry, like just in case, you know, we're going to keep the state open kind of thing. Right. Um, right. So yeah, that, that was another big part of it. Yeah. I, I love how you guys both answered that question because 
I, I know that there are people listening that are like, yes, yes, I'm literally going through this right now because, you know, I, so I have an episode coming up at the end of April. So just a couple of weeks after this episode is going to air with Ashley Ebert and she's a team building expert. Like that's what she does. And you'll, you'll get to hear that even her, she has the biggest wedding planning company in the U.S., she said the reason she started onboarding was for the exact reason you just described, which is, you know, I started turning away business and then I started realizing like, wait a second, why do I keep turning away business? Why wouldn't I just hire and start building a team? But that feels overwhelming, right? Like I think that there's Mm -hmm. some scare factor there. (laughs) Um, And so really you guys are in the prime, prime spot to be hiring. I mean, 41 weddings, is incredible. So let's just start there. I want to stop for a second and say, wow, that's amazing. We're only in March. The challenge for that too, though, is going to be that it's not like the inquiries have stopped for this year. Right. Right. No. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And nor do you want them to. And so I love that you guys are saying, okay, well, now what if we start really looking to bring somebody on to start handling these event management clients. So you said that you've identified three people who all have day jobs, but they're looking for, you know, kind of additional hours and things like that to be able to assist on the weekend. So I think that's amazing. So you've kind of taken that first step of identifying who those people are. And I want to point out that, you know, because you guys have a partnership, you have this unique ability to quickly split, right? And know that both weddings on a day are going to be flawless because each of you as the owner are going to be, you know, the lead planner. So I think that's unique to a partnership. A lot of times when you're a solo and you hire that first person to take a wedding on the same day as you, you're like, oh Lord, please, you know, (laughs) you've you've trained them, you've hired them. But so you do have that unique ability. But what I think you're starting to realize really quickly is that, wow, we don't just need another person. We need at least two more people because we each need an assistant, like a good assistant. And so it's it's funny how it quickly multiplies. <laughs> um, and so you need at least two people. And then what if one of those people aren't available on the wedding day? You know, so having that third person is really, really smart. I think, so tell me a little bit about these three people. So you don't have to tell me about them in particular, but one of the things that I would always encourage is that because you are growing to a place where you want someone to not just be a wedding assistant. You do want them to start growing with your company. They could be your first real hire outside of just wedding day assistants. Do any of these three people have a desire to eventually work for you instead of their job? Yeah, I would say the one for sure. So um, our one, so of the three, one of them strictly wants to come in and assist us on the wedding days. Um, And she's actually, it's, it's interesting. She worked for us before while we were at the private club. So she no longer works there anymore, but she is just an incredible customer service, hospitality driven person. She's like exactly who you want on a day to Mm. say yes, to figure out how, I mean, she's just warm. People like her and to be able to like hand her an already sort of planned and executed 
checklist of like, here's what we got to do. Yeah. She's great for that. So I don't think she has any, I think she just likes the idea of making some extra money on the side. Working with us is, you know, fun. We all enjoy working together. So for her, I think that's sort of the, the max end of that scope, um, which is perfect. I mean, we need that role. So For the other two, I would say for sure, one of them, so she is currently working right now in a venue in Philadelphia. Um, And so she's been on the venue side for a while. She feels like she's kind of grown as far as she can go with that company. And I think long term, she would definitely like to, I mean, assuming everything works out well, you know, with this. I think she would like to come work for us full time. Um, We've been very transparent with her that we're not ready for that just yet. And she's understood. But I ended up meeting her because while I was at the venue, the couple had hired, you know, a day of coordinator and she was kind of doing it on the side. Someone had referred her and she came in and she was really polished and professional and thorough and just really friendly she was great to work with. So um, Brittany and I talked and then I approached her after that and she was very interested in coming on board. So I think she definitely would like to grow into a full-time role. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third person is also in hospitality. Uh, she is in wine sales. Um, I'm not sure. Brittany, what do you think? Do you think she would I, like to come on? I do. I think if we, you know, we find ourselves at the place where, you know, we could bring her on in a full-time capacity. I think without hesitation, she would be interested, you know, kind of for all those reasons. Like she's really, you know, interested in the work that we do. She has um, past experience event planning for um, a nonprofit. And I think if the opportunity was there and financially she could, you know, make this a full-time position for herself, then I think, I think no questions asked, she would love to come on board um, in a, in a more um, concrete capacity. Yeah. Okay, great. So that's really what you're looking for is, you know, when you bring people into your company, whether it's for just wedding day assisting or in or, you know, whatever the role is, you always want to be looking longer term. And what does it look like for them? Because I agree with you, you definitely need a few people who have no desire to ever go further than just wedding day assisting, because you're always going to need great wedding day assistance. Um, But you also don't want to get yourself in a pickle where you have now hired only people who only want to do wedding day assisting because now you're training them basically the way that you do it. And none of them want to grow further than that. And so then you get yourself in this pickle of like, wow, I've spent all this time training these people and none of them want to move further in my company. And so you don't have that runway of of, you know, like a human coming up through your ranks, right? So it's great to kind of identify who wants what. And I always encourage you to have those super honest and open conversations with people that you're bringing onto your team. Like one of the best benefits of being a small business is that you literally can do everything different for every team member, depending on what works for them, you know, instead of having like a corporate structure that everyone has to follow. And so it's really, really great. That's one of the benefits to working for a small business as well for them. So I love that you've kind of identified that. So being able to to kind of create this runway for the person who may be coming on in a part-time or full-time capacity at some point is a great option. So you have these double bookings for this year. Are you considering triple booking any of the dates? Or are you going to stick with two on any one date? 
Well, I don't think we necessarily, I mean, obviously we kind of take these things on a case by case basis. (laughs) So I don't know that we're quite ready to, to triple book just because I'm not, we haven't gotten to the place where we have them trained and ready to go. So it's a little bit of a leap of faith to say like, okay, by, you know, September, this person can take it on their own and run with it. Um, I mean, I think that is the goal and the idea. And we definitely have been very vague now in our discovery calls and we speak like we have a team ready to go and ready to take on just, just because we don't want to get to a place where we're like, okay, well, you thought you were working with us, but just kidding. Here's somebody else. Now uh, we want to make it very clear from the beginning for these event management clients we're bringing on. It could be any one of our team members who are your lead on the day. So Mm -hmm. we've kind of started to move in that direction. But I guess just trying to figure out what we don't want to bite off more than we can chew. It's really important to us to give an excellent uh, client experience. That's one of the main pillars of, of building this brand is we never want anyone to feel like they're a number. We want them to feel like, you know, they're getting our full attention when they have us. So I think just trying to figure out what that number looks like, you know, and kind of figuring out with the team members who are willing to take some leads, how many is reasonable given that they have full-time jobs um, and kind of go from there. That's, that's where we're at, but we just would like to have a better game plan, I think. Yeah. And I think we see our people like in action too. Like we, you know, we're just kind of piecemealing here and it's always just been like, Hey, come help me on the day. And really we haven't kicked off, you know, our, our 20, 22 seasons about to kick off in a big way um, in a few weeks. So I think then we'll be like working together every weekend and we'll be like seeing them in action. And we, we know they're going to be fantastic, but I think there's just like a little bit of hesit- uh, you know, hesitancy on our end just because we haven't done it yet, you know, but mm-hmm. once we're in the groove of things, we're like, oh God, why did I ever think twice about it? You know, like, yeah, they're ready. Let's just like everything in this business, like, let's just take that leap of faith. Let's do it. We'll we'll figure it out along the way, kind of thing. Yeah. But I think that's also the kind of thing that's holding us up because we're just like you know, uh, all right, like let's just wait a little longer. But I think, like most things, we'll just end up going for it, and you know, yeah, figure it well, out when it, when it gets. I mean. There. Welcome to entrepreneurship, right? So we always say, you know, we're kind of building the plane as we're flying it. And that's just how it kind of goes. The nice thing for us in the wedding industry is that we have a significant lead time, meaning like, you know, I have a friend that has a food truck, a thriving food truck business here in Orlando. And it's always, I'm like, I don't know how you do it because I, like if I book a client today, I typically have somewhere between six and 10 months to figure out how I'm going to actually service their wedding. Right. And not that, not that we, you know, you know what I mean? But like Mm -hmm. I, but with a food truck, I'm like, I mean, literally like you don't know tomorrow how much money is coming in the door, which events you're going to have. And it just seems so bizarre to me. But so we're very blessed to be able to have such a long lead time. Now, I am definitely, um, I err on the side of, you know, I I like risk, (laughs) I should say. So I'm always going to push you a little out of your comfort zone. And a lot of the members of my CEO mastermind are like, oh my gosh, 
this feels so awkward, but it's, it's good because you have to be pushed a little bit, right? So what I would encourage you to do is, can you tell all of us, what is your season? Like ours here is spring and fall, but obviously yours is different. What's your season? Well, to be honest with you, it is it is kind of the same in terms of spring and fall. I mean, we have, you know, just a few weddings in March and April, and then May and June are pretty busy. We have nothing in July. So we had started, you know, we weren't getting a lot of inquiries in July. And then we looked at our calendar and thought, you know what, we're just going to take this month to not have weddings and to try and have like a work-life balance. So we have zero weddings in July. And then we are pretty busy in from August through November um, with September and October being our busiest months. Perfect. Okay. So that, that helps me to kind of frame how I would describe backing up your runway, right? So you guys are getting ready to work with some of these people that you're hoping will want to be you know, coming on with you and that you're going to be training and watching in action. And so you can start to identify, like, are they my people? And then as soon as you identify who that person is, that is going to be kind of the person you're training to become another one of you or to start taking these event management clients, the very first step is to have a conversation with them. What does it look like for you to be a lead planner with us part-time, but still have your full-time job? Does that look like, what feels comfortable for you? Is it two weddings per month? Is it three? Is it one? Like, what does that look like? What's your capacity to handle that? You know, what does your work schedule look like during the week? Are you able to take phone call meetings? Are you able to, you know, get paperwork done in the evenings? Because in an ideal scenario, the planner who's going to actually be the lead planner on the day should also be doing the timeline, you know, the final details meeting with the client. Like you want them involved. You don't want them to just show up on the day and try to execute a plan that you've put in place with the clients. And so finding out what their capacity is, and then you can really build around that, right? And then what's going to end up happening is you're going to get that first phone call for a triple booking date. (laughs) And you're going to have this moment where you're going to say, are we going to do this? Like, are we ready to do this? And if so, that kind of becomes like, okay, that's the date we have to have this ready by, right? Which again, is the blessing of the wedding industry. It's not tomorrow. It might Mm -hmm. be, you know, November 15th. I don't even know if that's a Saturday, but like, you know, it might be November 15th. And now you've had the discussion with your person that's going to be a planner and you say, Hey, so this is it. This is going to be your first wedding. And now all of your training backs up from there. So you want to make sure that they understand how to produce a timeline, that they understand how to run a rehearsal, how you talk to clients on site, who your key vendors are. Like you have all that time to really train them. But the cool part is that you can speak super intelligently to your client and you always use, we will, we will, right? We will do these things. Not me or not Kate or not Brittany, you, we, and so you can let them know, especially for event management, you know, your planner will be assigned to your wedding, eight weeks, 10 weeks, 12 weeks, whatever you want to say prior to your wedding. And that's when you'll really start working together with your lead planner to pull together all of your final details. So that also keeps them from having to have client communication prior to that because they're training during this time. Like they're really getting prepared. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, for sure. And I mean, one of the things that we tell, you know, we try to include as a selling point is that for event management clients, like we allow them to kind of email us and pick our brains and float things by us because we don't want to say like, hey, we're booking you, but you're not allowed to talk to us until three months out. Like that just doesn't feel right to us. So For us, we say, so one of the, this has come up very recently, we onboarded an event management client that I think it's very likely we're going to try and hand off just because of how many other weddings we have going on in in October. Yeah. Um, So I just told her like, look, you know, if you have those pick your brain things, if you want to run by things, Brittany and I are here through the process and then we will assign your lead planner once it's time to start digging in, you know, in that three month out time frame. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's how I've started to frame those conversations. I do worry a little bit that some of our previous clients that we booked, gosh, I mean, in some cases like a year ago now, uh, that we did not let them we didn't have those conversations, you know, Mm -hmm. that there might be a handoff. So I am a little bit concerned. Do you think that we are not then able to hand those event management clients off at this point? Or do you think it's still okay if we handle it correctly? Yeah, I think that's a client by client call, right? So that's why it's so important. As soon as you feel like you even have the slightest tinge that you're going to start hiring, that you start reframing the way you're selling. It's going to take you time to get out of the ones that you didn't do that with, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to know who those higher maintenance clients are that are not going to take this well. I don't think it's worth it to have an upset client to not take it. What I would do is just client by client, look at each one. Cause you know, you have those certain couples that literally could care less. They're like, I don't care who's there on my wedding day, as long as I know who it's going to be. And those are wonderful because then you can say, okay, well, at least these, let's say five, we know we can reassign because the clients aren't going to care. But these other five or six event management, we're going to have to just suck it up because they're going to be upset. Like they think one of us is coming and we're just going to have to make that work. And I I do believe kind of like you said, it's, it's all about client experience. And so you always want to make good on whatever they think that they were sold, especially if you also think that's what they were sold, right? Mm-hmm. I love that you said that you allow your event management clients to communicate with you openly. We do as well. I'm super passionate about that. You know, they need to be led throughout the process. And so we don't allow phone calls and things like that, but we do allow them to email us and ask questions or vendor referrals and all that. The way that we do that is on our side, our clients don't know this is what we're calling it, but we consider it what is called like a babysitter. And so (laughs) typically that's one person on our team. They fully know that is not their wedding, but they're going to babysit that client because our newest planner who is going to be the person taking that wedding is not quite ready to field that kind of communication. And so Mm -hmm. we would assign a babysitter to it. And um, that person is kind of like their main point of contact until the 12-week mark. And that's when we assign our event management clients. So we'll say, hey, you know, Sally, we're so excited to work with you. So Allison's going to be your main point of contact for if you have any questions or you just need, you know, some advice or whatever, Allie will be your main point of contact. And then 12 weeks before your wedding, we'll assign your lead planner. And that'll be the person you work with from that point forward. That'll really get into the nitty gritty with you. And they're like, okay, great. A lot of it has to do with how you say it, right? So clients don't know 
that it's new. They don't know it's a new process. Sometimes we're making up a process as we go because we're just like, uh, like, you know, this is a big wedding and I'm going to need to be involved, but I don't want to execute it. So like, we're going to pull in a team member and, you know, but I'm on vacation. And so Allie's going to do that. So then we kind of just say, okay, how are we going to frame this? You know, because ultimately it is about the client experience. We want them to not feel like, like we aren't, we don't have it all together on the back end, right? And sometimes you sometimes you don't. Like sometimes you're like, okay, wait a second, how are we figuring this out? But the most important thing is that they feel fully confident in what you're telling them is gonna happen. And then you make good on that promise. And so sometimes that looks like we might say, hey, so I'm gonna handle all of your design and then Allison's gonna handle all of your logistics, you know? And so mm-hmm. you guys do that right now anyway with the way that you team plan weddings. So it's just a matter of, being incredibly confident about what you say to them and then making sure you keep dubious notes on, you know, okay, so Kate's going to be their babysitter and then we're going to reassign this one. Like we already know it's going to go, let's just say your person's Jennifer. I don't really want to name names since they are, haven't quit their job. So like, I, I don't want, <laughs> right. um, usually I'll say like, tell me the names of these people so I can refer to them by name. But just in case, um, let's just say Jennifer's going to be their lead planner. In the back end, you know Jennifer's going to be their lead planner. She knows they're going to. She's going to be their lead planner. But until that twelve week mark, you're going to be the one that's kind of talking to them. Yeah, yeah, and I think in a in a sense, like we have begun, we've already begun this process. We started to get really good at it, and I will say that one of the one of our strengths um, is we say yes. We say yes, and we yeah. figure it out later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that, I think, has really allowed us to to grow um, because we have worked in hospitality and events for a long time. So even if it's something that we're not super confident about just yet, we're like, yep, mm-hmm, we totally have yeah. this under control. And then we figure out how to do it, uh, which is a little <laughs> bit, it's a little bit, um, you know, for we're both a bit type A and yeah. flying by the seat of our pants is not super fun. But I think it has allowed us to continue to grow because we're just taking every opportunity that kind of comes our way. Yep. Yep. No, I totally get that. And, you know, I think it's, I think you guys are doing it the exact right way, right? It's just about communicating with your clients. And because you guys are in hospitality, like you're going to, you're going to figure out, you know, you're always going to make it work. And so, yeah, so I think you're doing it the exact right way so far. So I'm super excited about that. Well, thanks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's super reassuring. And I think that's what we also like when we did the one-on-one coaching call, uh, Brittany and I said the same thing. Like we, we just, we needed somebody who knows what they're doing and has done this before to tell us like, it's okay. You're doing this. <laughs> you're, you're not failing. <laughs> yeah. No, you're doing it the exact right way. And so one of the questions that I know that you guys had sent to me was also about how to onboard this person and how to structure pay. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I do want to touch on that because I know that this is a big question for a lot of people. Um, yeah. You know, the the wedding industry as a whole typically would encourage you to bring people on as contractors. And, you know, that's kind of how our industry operates. And um, I would encourage you to not follow the mainstream. <laughs> um, so what I would encourage you to do is to immediately bring anyone that you're bringing into your company on as employees. Um, 
you know, the difference between a contractor and an employee is is pretty great in the eyes of the law. And while most of us are never going to be audited, you still want to run your business in a way from the very beginning that's not only just following the law, but, but that's also going to help you to scale as you grow. And so bringing them on as employees right from the beginning is super, super important. What I think a lot of us think when we hear the word employee is that you automatically are like, wait, I have to give them a full-time salary and benefits and, you know, 401k. And that's just simply not true. It's, it's just that they're an employee and not a contractor. So you're going to put them on a W-2 status. Yeah. So I, I, know that you're going to have questions about that. So what's your thought? <laughs> well, I mean, we listen to a lot of podcasts. And so I think that was kind of the direction that we were thinking. But one of the one of the questions, so for example, this month we have one wedding and we may not even bring somebody. I, I think we might actually bring one of them as an assistant, but let's assume for a second that we're not, or we're only bringing one of them on. So they're they're in for one day in this month you know, in, in, um, maybe one day in April. So how does that work? Do we have to, I mean, they're really only clocking hours one day in a month. Mm -hmm. So how does that work? Yeah. So it's really the same as it would be if they were a contractor, right? So if you, if they were a contractor, you'd be paying them an hourly rate, or you might pay them a flat fee per wedding. The exact same scenario, you can pay them an hourly rate, you can pay them as a flat rate, whatever you want to do, but you're going to just, they're going to be an employee and you're going to be taking taxes out. So I know one of the questions that you had was, do we need a payroll software? You know, is that something mm-hmm. that you would encourage? I I may stand alone on this. I know I don't in the, in the realm of educators, but um, I do think that it's important as soon as you start bringing on that first person to bring on a payroll system. I think it's some, because what you're going to find is that you're, as soon as you hire the first person, it's like addicting. You're going to start realizing, wow, wow, like our company is growing so fast because every person we hire exponentially gives us more bandwidth. It kind of like how you just quit, Kate. And so now you're like, wow, I have, you know, I, I have all these things that I can dig out of and I have so much more time. And so you're going to find that they exponentially grow your company. So it's going to happen quickly. And what you don't want to do is start people off the wrong way and then have to fix it. So uh, we use Gusto. It's incredibly simple. I'll link it in the show notes if anybody's interested in taking a look at it. But it's incredibly user-friendly. It's simple. It's easy to use. And it's inexpensive. So it's honestly the easiest way to set up your employees and you set them up as W-2. And if they only work 10 hours that month, then they only work 10 hours. That's fine. Then you just pay them for those 10 hours and you cut them a check through your payroll system. But now they're already set up as an employee. So your employee that's going to grow with you, they're already set up in a way that's like, okay, so now they're going to start having 20 hours a month. And then they're going to have right. 30 hours a month. But it's just a matter of adding the hours and payroll, right? So it's not getting it all set up over again once you get to that step. So right from the beginning, okay. I would encourage you to have a payroll system. Gusto is our favorite. And I would highly encourage you to set them up as employees. Okay. No, that's super helpful. And then, so in terms of just, obviously, you don't have to get into the nitty gritty, but in for training purposes, like then on the day versus if they're a lead, or do you change it from an hourly rate? Do you pay a flat fee for leads? Kind of what do you suggest? Yeah. So I think there's two different ways that you can do this. So if I have somebody who is 
going to lead a handful of weddings a year. They're already an extremely seasoned person, but they have absolutely no desire to ever come on in a different capacity with me. Um, you know, they're they're just kind of like my go-to person when we're sold out and I still want to take one more wedding, right? And so they might have five lead weddings a year, but they kind of do it, you know, just on the side. I'm going to pay that person as a flat fee. So for me, it's just easier for me to be like, here's how much I'm going to pay you per wedding. If you're available, then that's great. I'll give you the wedding. If you're not, that's fine too, right? And so it's thought of very similarly to a contractor, but you're going to set them up as an employee. Um, the other, if you're for your person who's going to come on and really start to grow with your company, in that respect, I would keep them hourly. And so we come up with an hourly wage. I do not pay a different hourly wage if they're assisting, if they're writing a social media post, or if they're lead. I think everything they touch in my company is important and needs to be in our brand voice and needs to go into the client experience. So whether they're leading a wedding or whether they're assisting on a wedding, it's all important. So Hmm. I don't change their pay rate no matter what. This is your hourly pay rate because I value you on our team. And honestly, as we all know, if you have a lead that's assisting, like you're like, oh, thank God, today's gonna be so much easier, you know, because they know what they're doing. They know your pain points. So it doesn't make their value any less just because they're assisting. That's just how you're using them that day. So that's my philosophy. Yeah. I also think it's just easier on the back end. Like I don't really want to have multiple pay structures for the same person. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. So I think about it like that. With the, so the flat fees, for example, when do you pay them? Do you pay them Mm -hmm. upon completion of the project two weeks in advance? Do you pay them in a payout over the three months? Like, how do you do that? Yeah. So that's a great question. So I pay them each time the client makes a payment. So the reason I do that and I pay them based on a percentage, right? So let's say you're going to pay this person 30% of every lead that they take, right? Let's just say that's the number you're going to pick. So then for every time the client makes a payment, I pay them 30% of that payment. The reason I do that is because in the beginning, we used to wait and we would hold the payment until the wedding was over. The problem is because I was taking three payments, I was basically giving that entire last payment, sometimes plus some, Mm. to the lead planner. And so like our busiest month is October. I would actually be negative in October, even though it was our busiest Mm. month, because I was paying out so much money. And we were having a really hard time with cash flow, as were our planners. So they were having a really hard time with cash flow. So we went to the three payment model mainly because we don't refund the client's money if they <laughs> if they cancel and so and my planners are doing work you know as soon as they get the contract so we do pay them and if the client cancels then they keep that money as well so then in this case say you know you know then for the, your leads from the beginning when they come on board that this is going to be their wedding. So even though you haven't necessarily assigned them until 4 months out, you know when they come on board that this is Jennifer's wedding and you start paying them percentages from there. Mm-hmm, I do. Yeah. So and we do know who I never book a wedding um not knowing who the planner is going to be. I it might be well, I should say this. I, it might be new hire, right? And we're still looking mm-hmm. for that new hire because the wedding is in, you know, 11 months. But I know it's my next hire. Like, I don't just randomly be like, I'm going to take six weddings and have six people. Like, so everyone has a name on the back end, whether 
Okay. So for me, because I feel like that would stress me out. Like I would be like, wait, do we have six planners? You know? So everyone on the back end has a name, even though it's not assigned to the client. Yeah. So in our case, it would be super important for us to first verify with, you know, two, one of the two lead girl, you know, girls that are going to be actually leading with us, you know, before we take that and sign on, you know, get there. Okay. And I guess we just kind of do that on a case by case basis for now. Yeah. Um, So just like, Hey, I got this date. Can you, can you confirm? Are you in? Um, And then I guess we'd be able to move to contract with the client. Correct. Yeah. So as soon as I get an inquiry for a date that and obviously now my staff is employees, so they they do get assigned what you know because everybody has to have open yeah, availability. Sure. But but the way that you're doing it right now, where you're kind of like they still have jobs and things like that, I would I would encourage you as soon as you get an inquiry for a date that you know you're going to need one of them for to immediately text them and say, hey, I have an inquiry for this date. Are you good to go? Um, don't wait until you know you get in the consult with them and. And definitely ask if that's if they're going to be available. So yeah, and then you know on the back end this is going to be Jennifer's wedding, but you don't necessarily hmm. tell the client that. Okay, because then you have that wiggle room and flexibility. If God forbid something happens with Correct. Jennifer, then you can plug in Lisa or Correct. whomever. Exactly. Okay. Yep. Exactly. Um, and then I think the last question that I had is, you know, for, for some of these people that you're bringing on, what do you recommend doing as you're training them through your processes? Like, is there an hourly rate that is a different rate? Are you paying them the same full rate as you train them? What do you recommend? Yeah. So I, for my staff that comes on as hourly, I do pay them the same amount from the beginning. And then as they grow and get better in their role and I, you know, and they start to become, you know, their own planner, no training is needed. Their hourly rate goes up, but, um, we do pay them the same amount throughout. So the way we onboard our team now is that everyone comes in through a shadowing experience. So they would shadow with our company and that is done there's not there's no payment for shadowing with us. It's almost kind of like an interview. So we would do an interview with them first, obviously make sure that they're a good fit personality-wise. And then we schedule them to shadow on a wedding. So we still have our full team. They're not one of the team members for that day, but they come and they work with us. And we're looking to see what their personality on site is. And we also want them to see what it's like to work a wedding, you know, like we right. don't, because a lot of times we've had people shadow and they're like, wow, I didn't realize you guys did so much. And you're like, right. So <laughs> you want to make sure they understand what's going into a wedding as well. And so it's really, really important that we do that shadowing experience. So we're looking for things like how do they interact with the vendors? Um, are they proactive? Are they, are they understanding kind of the flow of a wedding day? Like do they just have it, right? Because it is hard to define, but it's, do they understand customer service? If somebody asked them a question, did they say, I don't know? Or did they say, you know what? Let me find out for you. Like, that's the kind of things I'm looking for on a shadow day. And so we, that's what we do with a shadow. And then if we like them, then we'll bring them on as an assistant. So we'll say, hey, we have you know, these dates available to assist with our team. It is paid. It's an hourly rate. Um, if you're interested, you know, here's all of the dates that we have. And so we'll bring them on as an assistant. If all goes well with them assisting with our team and 
they, we try to get them to work with as many of our team members as possible. So we can all kind of be like, yes, we love them. You know, no, we're not so sure if we do feel like they're the next person that we want to bring onto our team, then we would bring them on in a part-time role. Typically we guarantee them 15 to 20 hours a week in the beginning. And we just kind of grow them from there. And that's where we're starting to assign them leads, but much further out. And so they're working as assisting, they're working with our social media manager, they're working with our ops manager. They're trying to make sure everybody, you know, that they kind of understand the dynamics of our team. And so we grow them into a full-time role from there. And then once they start reaching 35 to 40 hours, you know, pretty consistently, then we have that conversation about what a salaried position looks like and we bring them into a salaried full-time role. Okay. Does yeah, that make that's sense? Really so one, I have a quick question. One yeah. thing, so we've been kind of kicking around is like, again, because we're in a little bit of a different place and we're just really kind of leaning on people that do have nine to five mm-hmm. still, you know, we, we think the first big step would be to kind of have them like behind the scenes shadow us on the admin side. So yeah. we've, we've, we've considered like copying them, like starting, starting fresh with a booking or, you know, an event management client, like, Hey, you know, we're six months out. Here's what you can expect. And like kind of copying them, not mm-hmm. necessarily because they're going to be the lead, but just kind of letting them see how we communicate and the timeline and how, you know, just how we operate. Is that something you think, you know, do they need to be compensated for that? Or is that more of like a kind of handshake, like, Hey, like I just be mindful. Like I'm going to be copying this on, you know, copying you on things like for your benefit. Like, how do you, how do you recommend we do that? Or is it like, we're going to pay you to kind of be the, I don't know, assistant on this, you know, but, and kind of like walk them through the process. I I think that's where we're kind of getting caught up at the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, We don't want to be like, you know, taking advantage of people and being like, Hey, read all these emails, but we're not going to like, you know, you're not actually executing it. So we're not paying you as the lead. Right. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. Yeah. You can absolutely come up with some sort of a compensation for that training period, but I would really, really highly encourage you to identify one of the people who's moving through the process faster than others. You know, like this is the one of the three that we're moving. And she, she's the one we have our eye on to move into coming on with our company, like in a full-time capacity, eventually, like she's our next person we're bringing on as a lead planner, because honestly, it is a lot to ask of someone who has a full-time job. You have to think like they're going to come home from work and they're not even going to they're not going to be engrossed in the wedding enough to even understand what you're sending them. So to me, I feel like I want as quickly as possible to give someone at least a part-time, you know, role, because if you, they only have a few weddings per year or you're, they're just kind of getting a smattering of emails here and there, they're not able to connect the dots. Like, they're just like, I don't get it. Like, what is this? And so I feel like it could become a little bit more stressful than necessary. So I would really identify that one person and say to them, hey, we're going to create an email address for you. We're going to start blind copying you on some of the emails we're sending to your clients, like the ones who will be yours, um, you know, and and maybe some of those reassignments that you're doing are going to go to, let's say, this Jennifer, right? person that you're going to bring, bring on. And so she will be blind copied specifically on her clients, but not just on clients in general. Does that make sense? Okay. Yep. It does. Yeah. That does make a lot. Okay. Because you want them to be just like fully invested in their clients. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think it's really, really important to, 
to make sure that they have enough on their plate to to be invested, um, but not so much that obviously they're overwhelmed. Yeah. Okay. What other question do you have about that? Well, I think you've kind of hit on all the big things that that we were concerned about. But, you know, as we always like to say, you don't know what you don't know. What is something that you know now that you wish you knew when you started Mm -hmm. growing your team? Yeah, I think the biggest pitfalls that I found were that sometimes, a lot of times in the beginning, I waited way too long to hire. And I know that sounds crazy because it's one of the scariest things that you can possibly do. But when you wait too long to hire, you're hiring the wrong people. And you're just hiring to fill the current need instead of hiring people that are going to grow with your company. And so now, and really this has come from my my husband. He's the one who's pushed me to always have a pipeline of people because you never know when someone's going to leave. And so you always have to have a pipeline. It takes a long time to get someone trained on how to perform a wedding. And so always having like, you know, somebody that's just assisting and then somebody that's learning how to be an event management lead. And then somebody who's learning how to be a partial plan lead, like always have your funnel full of people. If somebody asks you if they can shadow with you guys, say yes. Yes. Let them shadow because Mm -hmm. that's how you find out if somebody's great. So I would say hire before you're ready. Um, it, it's an expense and I totally get that. I do totally understand that, but I promise you it's it's important because you're then going to hire for strategy versus just hiring to get to-dos off your plate. And then the other thing I would say is never hesitate to be so open and honest with your employees. Like the people that you're onboarding, this is something I talk about all the time in my mastermind group. I'm like, guys, sit down for coffee with this person. Cause they'll be like, well, what if they need to make this? And what if they can't take this? And, and I'm like, stop asking what if like, go ask them. And so this is really, really important. Be honest, tell them what you're capable of doing. Tell them, Hey, as I grow, I'm invested in having you grow. So if your goal is to come on full time with me by December, let's see how we can work towards that together. You know, like, what does that look like okay. for you? What does that look like for me? Ask them, if I were to be able to bring you on full-time, what salary would you need to make to leave your full-time job? That's my favorite question to ask because everybody's always like, well, I think they're they're going to need to make, you know, $80,000. I'm like, well, have you asked? Like, ask. Because a lot of times, and you guys have felt this, sometimes they just really don't want to work their full-time job anymore. <laughs> and so yeah. they might be like, listen, if I could stay home and work from home and have the flexibility and still plan weddings, which I love to do. I would be willing to do that for, you know, 35,000 a year. And you're like, okay, we can do that, you know? And so now you right. both have a goal to work towards and you're like, okay, let's let's try to make that happen by December or whatever that is. So I think just really being not being afraid to be asked the questions, find out where they are, find out what makes them tick. And then the only other thing I would say is a lot of us come out of corporate and we think Everyone has to have the same bonus structure. Everyone has to have the same, you know, compensation. That's not true. Everyone, the coolest thing about being a small business owner is to know what makes each person on your team tick. Some of my team members are driven by dollars. And 
it's important for me to create a commission structure for them that drives them to continue selling. Some of my team members have kids and they're like, listen, I'm driven by don't tell me what hours to work. <laughs> like I want to be home when my kids come home from the bus stop. I want to be available, you know, for dinner time, like all the things. And I'm like, great. Sounds good to me. So, and no amount of money I could ever pay them will make up for the time that they want with their kids. Right. And so right. know what makes your people tick and, and give that to them, like build their position around what's going to make them feel valued and help them to be amazing at their job. So yeah, those are some of the things I wish I would have known in the beginning. Yeah, that's super helpful. Um, while you were talking, I, I just had one yeah. more question that popped into my brain. So there's definitely going to be times just given higher seasons or every everything else where we are going to bring in an assistant on the day, or at least like we may need to bring in an assistant that really isn't going to work full time with us. Yeah. They're just, they're good in hospitality. They want to do us a favor. They don't mind making a little extra money. So is that something that you would do like a W9 for or something like, you know, that you're not going to, maybe this is the one wedding they're going to come in and work with you for that year. And you're going to pay them, you know, whatever it is, $300 to yep. come do that. Yep. What, how do you do that? Yeah, I would. So like you, you mentioned, you have one person that you're kind of pegging that's literally like, Hey guys, when you need help, let me know. But I'm definitely not going to be more than a day of assistant, right? And so mm -hmm. that's a great, that's a great example of somebody that it's like, hey, I need you on X date for, you know, 10 hours. I'll pay you this much. Um, the cool thing about Gusto is you can set them up as a contractor. And so Gusto will do all your paperwork for you. And every time you, you only pay for them to be in your system on the times you write them a check, which is okay. really cool. And I think it's like $6 every time you write them a check, which it sounds like I don't really want to pay $6, but guys, you're going to pay a lot more than that just in your time. So, and filing the yeah, right no, paperwork, totally. right? So you can set contractors up in Gusto and it's so cool because you just put their email address in and Gusto sends them all the paperwork to get set up. And then every time you're, you need to write them a check, you just write them a check right in Gusto. So yeah, absolutely. I would set them up as a contractor, but anybody that you're bringing on that you're hoping to be in a more, you know, robust capacity, make an employee right from the beginning. Okay. Yeah. That's super helpful. I mean, I'm, I'm anticipating, you know, there's going to be one or two people that like, oh no, this wedding is outside the scope that we thought it was. We yeah. literally need you for six hours on one day yeah. this year. Mm -hmm. Like come help us. Yeah. So that's, that's helpful to know. Yeah, absolutely. And you're going to have those. I mean, I still have those, right? Or even we outsource to a lot of local planners a lot. So we'll book a wedding and then outsource it to another planning company. And we set them up as contractors because they are running it their way. You know, they're just white labeling it under our company. So there's lots of different um, reasons that you would do it as a contractor. It's just a matter of making sure that you're abiding by that. No, they're literally coming, you know, doing this one job they've agreed to do on a project basis and then they're gone, but they're not using your software. They're not, you know, using your equipment, all that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. You guys, I love this. I'm so excited for you. I would say, you know, just listening to where you are in your company, it's 100% time for you guys to decide, okay, <laughs> this is our person. We're going to start giving leads to them. And also remember that, you know, as you're growing, it's important that every once in a while you might have a lead out doing a wedding and you don't have a wedding. It's okay for you to do that because as you grow, you're going to need times where you have downtime 
you know, and you might have just an event management wedding that weekend and you might give that to your lead instead of one of the two of you. Now there's two of you. So that might take a little longer than like a solo, but Mm -hmm. definitely don't feel guilty about that. Like you as the CEOs do need time to, you know, refresh and recharge and make sure that you're having your leads work and you might just go assist them even and, you know, just see how they're doing on the wedding day. So, but I'm super excited to see where you guys go from here and to hear who your first hire is going to be. Thank you so much, Brandy. (laughs) As always, this is super helpful. Of course. I'm so so excited, you guys. Thank you so much for being here. And real quick, where can everybody come follow Olive Street? I'm going to kick that to Brittany. (laughs) Yeah, so we are on Instagram at olivestreetevents.com and obviously on our website, olivestreetevents.com. And that's that's, uh, the big places where you can can kind of find us and follow along. I love it. Okay, you guys. Well, if you loved this episode, if you got any golden nuggets from it, or you just want to say hi and encourage Caitlin and Brittany, screenshot your phone right now, go over to your stories, share it and tag us over there so that we can say thank you for sharing and so that you can encourage Caitlin and Brittany and watch their journey as they grow this empire that they're building. So you guys, thank you so much. It was great. Hey there, wedding pro. Are you feeling overwhelmed, burned out, and wondering how you will ever pay yourself an actual salary from this business you're building? I get it. I'm a wedding pro just like you. I sat in this season of overwhelm and no pay for way too long. Now I own one of the largest planning firms in Orlando, Florida, while doing less than five weddings myself each year. And yeah, I pay myself a full-time salary too. And I'm not alone. Hundreds of other wedding pros just like you have gone from overwhelmed pro to confident CEO by using the proven strategies I teach inside the Wedding Pro CEO Accelerator. I tell Brandy all the time how grateful I am for her. Before joining with her, I thought I was successful and I was successful, but I was working 24 seven, barely making a profit. Now, over a year later, working with her, it's just been life changing. We have our Monday calls. I voice text with other wedding planners all over the nation. And it's helpful just to have someone that's done what we're trying to do. And that is what the CEO Accelerator Group has helped and taught me to do. Inside the Accelerator, you get lifetime access to the six step-by-step modules that walk you through the pillars of a profitable wedding business. The financial services spreadsheet that Brandy gives you as a part of the Accelerator is worth the price of the Accelerator alone. If you need clarity on finances, your budget, if you can hire, if you can even pay the people that you have hired, go get the Accelerator because that spreadsheet gave me the knowledge and power to make the decisions to continue hiring and growing my team in the way that I want to. But what good is all of this knowledge without accountability, community, and of course, a place to ask your most burning questions? When you join the Wedding Pro CEO Accelerator, you also get six months inside our live coaching membership. It literally has changed the way I do business. It has changed the way I view things. It has changed the way that I manage things. It is totally amazing to be able to sit with CEOs that have been through what I've been through, have been through the trenches and can give me the insight as to how they got through it. It doesn't feel like, oh my gosh, I'm the only person on the planet who feels this way. No, there's tons of other CEOs that feel the same way I do. And we can talk about it, think through it, and we can learn. It is absolutely amazing. And if you're thinking about it, you should do it. The Wedding Pro CEO Accelerator is the best of a course, a membership, and a group coaching community all in one. 
The group has been so supportive and has really kept me sane through the busiest season I've ever seen in my career. For that, I'm really thankful. Looking forward to the next year and all the things I have to learn to grow and scale my business and super excited for the next steps. Here's the thing. You can absolutely listen to this show every single week to get nuggets that will help you scale your business. And over the course of a few years of piecing together all of that free information, you could very likely grow a successful wedding business. Or you can join the Wedding Pros CEO Accelerator today to get the proven step-by-step roadmap you need to ditch the overwhelm, build maximum profit, and step into your role as confident CEO, all in just six short months. In 2021, we did 220,000 in revenue, which I was so excited about at the time. In 2022, where we sit now, our revenue came in around 560,000. Honestly, I attribute so much of that to really being able to grow. I actually no longer take on weddings myself. I'm really able to focus and be the CEO of my company. And that's come with a lot of guidance from the Accelerator Group, all the other incredible CEOs in that program, bouncing ideas off of each other, asking for the help and hearing from other people and what's worked and what hasn't. Just click the link in the show notes below to learn more about the Wedding Pro CEO Accelerator and let's build your profitable wedding business together.